Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall. That's Nick. You can find us at the HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook. That's the best way to interact. And let's start, Nick. I mean, the we say it, it seems like it's a broken record now. Almost each week we're bragging about how awesome the HyperClean Specialist is growing. Uh, the amount of people that are coming over from the podcast has really been what's been fun for me to see people starting to go, hey, you know, longtime listener, uh, you know, first time user, sort of like, did you ever listen to uh, like, sports talk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sports talk back in the day. Like, I, yeah. that's totally what it is. And it cracks me up. I love it. Uh, fun. Any, any fun posts that you've seen from the guys, anything that struck your mind that's been fun to see? Um, no, I, I think it's just more overall the constant interaction, guys asking questions, guys getting in there. Uh, you know, we have some people, you know, using Trey for the first time or, you know, dialing in cars. And I think it's overall just a good, a good look for uh, a, a place to go get information, right? And it's instant access to information. That way you're not, you know, waiting. Uh, you can go through there, you can search posts, you can look at what people talk about, make sure to read through comments. You know, we had an interesting post where somebody coded a car, something thought something went wrong with the coding, turns out water spots just showed up afterwards. And, you know, all kinds of things that got figured out about a project, which is good. You know, I mean, went in there and everybody solved a problem that was actually pre-coding. And so, you know, helped that guy kind of walk through what was going on with his, uh, his car at the time. And so I think it's just an all around good, fun, positive group. Yeah. And that's usually a thing that a lot of guys have a problem with in groups, right? They throw out a question and they just get like hit with insults and hit with all kinds of, well, you know, this and that. So there's no doubt that the hyperclean specialist group is a professional and it's all about how we can all grow together as a community. So it's been great to see that Nick, I'm raising a, uh, I'm raising a can, but it, it, it does not have any alcohol in it. What I happened? went to check the beer fridge a second ago and went, Oh, ouch. Oops. Yeah. No beer. <laughs> yeah. We can take a break. I mean, no beer. No you know, beer. Having should, a there be, should there be beer at the headquarters that, you know, I don't know. I mean, some would say that's not a great corporate environment, but you know, for you, it's usually it a stock, better corporate environment. For hey, me. Th- you know, Woo! I can figure out why things aren't going so well over there pretty quick. So, <laughs> you know, but anyway, yeah, sometimes you got to take a break then. Sometimes I know it's a shame. Uh, this is the LaCroix lime version. So, you know, sucking it up and getting there it done. There you go. Hey, so Bo- I, I know bougie. you're a big sports guy. It was a busy weekend of sports. A lot of things going on. Curious, how many of, you know, ESPN2, they, they had a weekend of the Ocho. The Ocho oh, yeah? took over. I don't know if anybody else remembers the Ocho is celebrating from uh, <laughs> from dodging wrenches was when the Ocho came out of dodgeball and they're celebrating. Yeah. I, how many did you watch? Because I loved watching the ones where, you know, they were jumping through playing tag. Did you see that? I never I never saw any of it. No, I I didn't see I didn't know they were doing that. Hmm. That's, that's yeah, I don't I don't, I don't oh, watch guys playing. I don't oh, watch guys geez. playing tag, dude. That's not my oh, thing. Oh, you don't? Golly. Yeah. I, I'm more, uh, what did I, yeah, I, watch, I watched uh, some fights this week. I mean, I'm pretty predictable. So <laughs> if there are fights on, I'm watching them. 
No, no Ocho at all. You didn't even, you didn't even, even pause know and go, oh, maybe not. Well, we were out having a beer and it was on the screen. So, you know, I, I got to enjoy it. And the fun one for me was, did, did you ever, were you ever been into, this is what's funny about the Ocho and right about what they're doing, right? It was, it was all those random things that you might've done some point in time as a kid. And it was considered a sport, but it never really evolved into sports like Frisbee. Yeah, throwing a frisbee's fun on a beach. It's not really fun, <laughs> you know, hanging out in, you know, BFE Ohio. I can tell you that right now. I mean, I, I you throw it a couple of times, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe we should throw the football. All right, so frisbee for me got popular. Ultimate frisbee. Uh, so in 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 our in our college, that they, they had this big, huge open area that the swimmers would all go out and play, and like you could stay for maybe twenty minutes, but goddamn, those guys could run for hours. Like I, I was always impressive about what they do. What about hacky sack? Did you get into hacky sack? No, I wasn't. I wasn't much into hacky sack. I mean, I, I stayed pretty consistent, like, you know, football, basketball, baseball, you know, we tried to to play something around there. Then I started to spar as I got older. That, that's kind of what, you know, jujitsu when I got older, that was kind of my, my thing. So but didn't leave a lot of time for that. And I'm What's doing that? hacky sack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, there's levels to this, Marty. I have to say it every podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of levels, how about a buy and sell? You buying or selling this week? I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy something that's, that really should be a sell, but I think it's so funny that I'm going to buy it. What is it with Tesla's and personalized license plates? Hmm. No gas you know, e-car. I'm like, we get it, dude. It's electric. Do you realize how many vehicles are electric now? And it's all good. Like, I think personalized license plates are ridiculous anyway, but I always laugh thinking to myself, dude, you're driving a model three. It's like a $20,000 car you paid 60 grand for. And I'm a fan of Tesla cars. Like they're fun to drive. But what is it about the Tesla and the personalized license plate? Is it, do they all like go into a forum and say, Hey, you know, I live in Minnesota and I got this one. So you in Nevada get, you can get this one there. And it's like, where, why is it those people? It's the wildest thing to me. It makes you not want to buy a Tesla. Cause you're just like, dude, what, why are you writing this? But I mean, Jess will say this. I'm like sitting at lights, like laugh, cracking up. Like, what is this dickhead doing? Like, why would you, as a 40-year-old man, go, you know what? I'm going to go online and fill this out because I'm going to get a personalized license plate. Like, it's just stupid to me. And, and out here, you got to kind of, like, go through it. You got to, you know, really try hard to get it. It's like, I don't like the DMV that much. <laughs> so I just laugh at it. I mean, the, the Tesla's with the personalized license plate. Just trust me. Now you'll see it everywhere you go. Yeah, probably. We will. And be like, fuck you, Nick. God damn, we can't. <laughs> now, we now always have to my, see it now. Now it's in my vision now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a no-brainer for me after this weekend. I'm I'm buying. Well, and, I, and actually, like, a little bit last weekend too. I I'm buying O'Reilly's. I mean, it'd be great if I could cut that check, of course, right? But you know, I <laughs> I was talking to them this weekend because it seems like I seem to be there more and more, and they're like, "Yeah, we never have any issues. It's a great place." Like, oh, wonderful. No shortages. They're like, no, we never have any shortages. They're like, ah, oh, so people can't make cars, but you got parts. They're like, yeah, absolutely. It's great. 
Wow. So, all right, I'm buying my whole, I'm buying my whole experience at O'Reilly's this weekend. Listen, this is super funny for everybody that's been in community for a while. You recognize uh, back in the day, sometimes we used to have a little saying, it was really fun to do. So I'm at O'Reilly's because, well, unfortunately over the past couple of weeks, every time I go out, not every time, but every once in a while I'll go out and crank over the Jeep and I'll get a little bit of a slower start to it, right? It, it doesn't, doesn't all the way not crank over, but you s- seem to feel it kind of go like, and then it rolls over. I'm like, oh, I either got a battery problem. Uh, hopefully I don't have an alternator problem or I got a starter problem, right? Not fun. So uh, I, I, we get the fun enjoyment. Did, did you get the fun enjoyment of walking around the zoo on a Saturday afternoon when it's 100 degrees? You, did you get to do that this weekend? No, I'm not. I'm not big on uh, the zoo yeah. in the middle of the summer. I wouldn't yeah. think nobody else was either. So as soon as we paid, they said, "Hey, you know, by the way, here's a free pass to come back next time because none of the animals are out." Oh, great! Oh, wow! <laughs> it's like Joe Exotic over there, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's like the Tiger King. You guys just do whatever you want over there in Oklahoma, don't you? So I got to walk around a hot zoo, not seeing any animals, what? and then go out what to the a hell? Jeep. What's the purpose of that? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. So I get to the Jeep. To go I, I got to think all the listeners are speechless. I didn't even know there was a zoo that didn't have the animals out. Did they, they not all, know they were putting the animals in Tulsa? They're all in the AC, I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, Jesus. There, there was a couple birds and like, I mean, listen, I, wait, I'm not selling the zoo. I'm buying O'Reilly's here. Okay. Oh, so my I'm buying yeah, O'Reilly's I'm... because I leave the hot zoo ready to get in the Jeep and feel some cool air blowing as I'm driving. But no, my battery's completely dead. Find a guy, get it jumped, head straight to O'Reilly's. And fortunately, fortunately, they were able to get the battery changed over. And while I'm sitting there getting it changed, you can bet. The old Dodge truck guy pulls up. You go, oh, hey, great. Here we go. Well, I'm sitting there just doing my thing. The guy leans over, and this is one of those fun guys you love to see, right? This is one of those older trucks. No problem. All good. I got an older truck, too. No worries. But you look at him, and you go, wow, I'm not sure if that's meth or if it's just bad hygiene. But the rest of them was okay. His functionality was all good. So good. It's great. It's just the hygiene part. And he goes, Hey man. I go, yeah, what's going on? You just take them doors right on off there. Wow. And I go, hell yeah, brother. (laughs) Dude. No joke. And he goes, yeah. All right. Maybe I'll do that with my truck. Marty yeah, meth yeah, just over there. I said it again <laughs> and then just looked away. I was like, that's the best day uh, at O'Reilly's ever. Like, hey, is there anything me? like two Jeep Dodge guys just at O'Reilly's with <laughs> no clue in the world? And you had it. <laughs> it was the best ever, man. I, I was sitting there cracking up. Like, yeah, oh. dude, just take your truck doors right there off, man. Go right on there to it there, brother. Uh, wow. Hey, so you you mentioned the other day, and this is what I it's part of it right you were leaving someplace and you were driving down the road we've all done this right leave somewhere and it has nothing to do with me and the jeep and it really has to do with just you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you get blasted right blasted with rain you oh, said yeah. there was people pulled over underneath everybody was hiding like we've all had that it, it's 
it's almost as bad as can you think of any other worst times to get hit by rain? For me, I thought of a couple, right? I thought of two, two off the bat, right? Here we have those little bit of lowlands sometimes every once in a while, and you got those big puddles that you don't really see happening, and you run right through them, and next thing you know, your windshield's not covered. You got like yeah. three seconds before you can get your windshield wipers turned on because it wasn't really raining. And now you don't see. Now, now you, you don't three see. three seconds to be able to see. Yeah, you don't see a thing. Or have you ever passed a big semi truck in the rain and like it's at night and you're not really sure, but you're passing on the right hand side and he hits something that and he's splashing up. You get right in that spot and you're just getting blasted on your windshield. That's the, yeah, that's the I mean, worst. And, and the worst is like, you know, when they're throwing it up so bad, you kind of start to hydroplane where they got so much water coming off their wheels and you're like, Oh dude, I got to get by this thing as fast as possible. All right. First time you've ever heard the thing, right? Cause get it. We're talking windshields. We talked about that in the specialist group. You put out a post. It was super cool to see. And we'll get into that. And I know you've talked about it before, but some people are pretty interested in what you do with windshields. But before that, I mean, what did you used to do? Did you did you ever do Rainex? Were you were you a Rainex yeah, guy? Yeah, Rain like Rainex was a big thing, but I, I got to be honest. I, the only thing that we I ever did consistently in my career was polish glass, meaning take your compound or take your polish and clean up glass, and that would give you some of that original hydrophobics back of of just a a clean pure windshield right i mean it was nothing like rain x or a coating or but you know what i mean when you have a heavily contaminated windshield and then you polish it or, or compound it hey it looks like gold i mean it looks like a new and i'm not talking about getting scratches out or anything like that just what clean it up the debris. what about the eyebrow can you get out the eyebrow what do you mean like the oh permanent the windshield one? wiper eyebrow right yeah yeah, is that a thing you when you're buffing and polishing? Can you? Can you? Yeah, get that you can out? definitely get that out. Yeah, and you can, you know, again, that's just a matter if it's scratched or not or whatever. If it's actually like really, really bad. But there's some rayon pads. Look, glass largely is shouldn't should never really be taken seriously as really trying to polish it out. It takes forever. Um, but just clean up. You know, that's the only thing I really ever did, and we still do that to this day on our one steps, whatever. You know, I know a lot of guys do it where if you just polish glass as you're polishing paint, when it's out in the sun, it'll actually kind of like add pop to your detail because the way the sun hits clean glass and, and I mean, really deep clean glass. So, you know, for me personally, rain X was kind of a thing, but not really. It was always kind of on the peripherals of everything. It was never really taken that seriously in my circles. It, and, you know, again, I can't, I can't say that it didn't work for what it was back then, but I didn't really have that much of it. Uh, you Polishing glass, uh, specifically windshield. I, we, did you ever used to do it back with the Porter cable using little Carnuba cream wax? That was something we did sure. all the time. Yeah. I always thought after you'd wash a car, we'd many times, if I knew that that car was going to get a wax, we would go ahead and we would wax every windshield every uh, side mirror, the back glass, yeah. we would just, as we're going around waxing the car with our little jitterbug or, you know, Porter cable, it's basically just vibrating. It's on a soft foam pad. We would go over and hit the windshield, the windshield specifically, but the glass too, because it's so much easier than we don't have to clean the glass again. Right. You just yeah. wipe off the wax or polish and boom, you're good to go. You, you, you don't really have to do any more work. 
Exactly. And that's a good point. I mean, you know, go to, to sealants, you know, look, all you're really doing when you're coating glass, let's be very frank about it, is you're helping to fill in the porous parts of the glass, which makes it more hydrophobic, leaving some protection behind. And so that that to me is 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 one of the great things about coating glass or using, you know, we have people share this all the time in the specialist group. You know, that's where slick really has taken things to the next level because you can almost it almost acts like a glass coating if it's used on the glass on clean glass properly right and so you get back to those days of wax sealant look man you use hyper clean glass on all windows it, it's it's life-changing right like that's really the only stuff you've ever done is that kind of stuff yeah so quickly i know we'll, we'll get into it. i want to talk about it. i'm glad you mentioned glass uh hyper clean glass i want to talk about that here in a second uh and it is cool the results that i think uh wes put out some cool videos of showing yeah using slick on the windshield and the impacts that it does for people. If I do, I know this is kind of a random question, but you know, as I've been driving around, I always get those little dinks. We all have heard it, whether it's highway or not. Like you hear that little, you know, is there something that we should do? This is a question that I think there's a lot of people know. I get it. We can go to get our windshield repaired. There's the guys that chase hail. If anybody sees those guys around, they'll do windshield repair a lot of times. Well, what yep. are they doing? Why should we do it? Uh, you know, or should we just so, switch out windshields? Yeah. So rock chips are an interesting thing. You can actually fix, you go to like South American countries, they fix windshields that are completely split across. I mean, they'll fix anything. And I mean, at a high level too, I'm not just talking about like hack work or anything like that, but you know, a chip, basically what you're going to do is fill it in with resin. You're going to inject resin into the chip. It's going to fill out. It's going to harden. You then use like, you know, a cork and some polish and you polish the top of it and you kind of level it out. I mean, it's basically just a cured resin. Now glass has a couple layers to it. It's, it's a matter of how deep the chip went, how deep the impact went. Uh, we actually are capable of rep of repairing chips here. We got like an injector that I actually bought at MTE Vegas, I believe. Um, it's interesting stuff. I have never chased it as a business. It's just a matter if we see it, uh, we'll help fix you know something before we put windshield film on or put some resin into a into a chip. But I mean, you can fix some really major stuff on windshields. Whether you should do that or not it is is a bit of a different conversation chips absolutely you start to get something that splits i'm not chasing that but look man the cost of windshields now a toyota corolla has a 1500 price tag on a windshield now and so you know you look at a ford raptor 25 to 3500 we had a mclaren eleven thousand dollars uh we've heard of twenty five thousand dollar windshields on things now the world's changing in the glass world. And this is why about five years ago, I started to chase it. We had a, that McLaren story I, I just talked about a second ago. That's what made me chase windshield film was essentially we had a McLaren dealership do something irresponsible, put a McLaren on the back of an open tow truck to get it to Los Angeles on the route, gets a crack in the windshield, all kinds of different stuff starts to happen. Now they're not going to take credit you know or, or take blame they're not going to fix it my client ends up out eleven thousand dollars for the windshield nobody had any idea that the glass world had changed like that including my client including me 
And so I think we're headed to a world, and this was my long-term play five years ago. I think we're headed to a world where insurance companies don't cover windshields because how Mm. could they? If you're a guy paying a hundred bucks a month and you have two windshield replacements a year, how, how in the hell does the insurance company make money? I mean, they just don't. And it's all the technology inside of the glass, right? All the sensors and everything. And now a lot of times OEM glass is, is what they're requiring to keep your car in warranty. And there's all kinds of little different stuff going on, but you know, look, we waited 12 weeks on a windshield for a Lincoln navigator shortages have hit that. I mean, now it's about convenience protection. Uh, if anybody's really taken a high impact, you know, on their windshield before it is jarring uh, how it happens. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of bad stories about that on freeways and back roads and whatnot, but let's take about, you know, if you go into the hyperclean specialist group, you can see me uh, bust Marty's balls about how the Jeep guy showed up on Friday, but here's the truth for this guy. He's had two breaks in a month. The windshield cost him $500 for replacement, which is a lot for a Jeep windshield considering they used to be a hundred bucks. I, I mean, even, even so I can remember a time they were 75 bucks because they're so small and so simple. He gets it replaced the first time. The second time his insurance agent says, Hey man, this is going to be a real problem. If you put this in, you're better off paying this out of pocket. So he had the windshield replaced on Thursday, drove up from Arizona to have that job done by us because Again, he said he called around. We were the only ones that made him feel comfortable. Think about that. Came from Arizona to have the windshield film put on. And the world has just changed. So you see all these people putting front-end PPF on. There's not a single panel that's more expensive than the glass. So think about how incomplete your business model would be that you're covering the hood of a Ferrari, but you're not covering the glass. And the glass costs 10x what the front you know, bumper may cost. So. It just felt like a necessity to me, to be honest with you. What's the what's the hardest windshield to deal with? Is it Tesla? Is that big Tesla? Tesla, McLaren, you know, four GTs, but everyday cars would be a Tesla. And it's all about curvature. The more curvature in the middle of a windshield, the harder it's going to be to deal with. And so Tesla has a very abrupt middle to their windshield. So what happens for those of you that are familiar with things like tint? or whatever, and it's still way different than that, you actually have to heat shrink and start to mold to that curvature. So think about how much of this really, really hard, straight piece of film, you have to start molding and shrinking and bringing everything in to that point where all that curvature is, you're starting to talk about some real skill. And again, what I kept saying to myself when I was watching this, and as I found out it was harder and harder, I'm like, yeah, I want to be in that because when something's harder, less people are going to be in it. And now everybody's trying to get in five years late. And we basically control the market in Vegas because we're the top installers. And when I mean that on my team, I shared this with people. I got probably the best film trainer in the world who helps with our installs. If I can't get to them, we have a leg up, but we've also, been on the outskirts of this business for five years. You know, I waited my time for this to happen because I saw it through the lens of what was coming, not what was actually there five years ago. Well, so it's interesting the way you're describing it though. I mean, that's, I think a lot of tenors would probably want in on it. Right. And it sounds not too different than tent similar as when you're going to stretch out that back 
back windshield and kind of yeah. put it together, you know, tightening up the corners and you pull it back off and put it on the inside. What's the difference between that? Well, so tint is a very flexible film, right? It's very, very easy to shrink. It's very simple to understand. And everybody that's ever seen a tinted window or has done it themselves, you'll see that they just always are passing their hard card through the film. They're constantly just passing, shrinking, pass, and, and really quickly moving their well, if you do that with this film, you'll you'll crease it. And once you crease it, it's done. So you could be 40 minutes into shrinking this film and you get careless with your hard card and you're just used to constantly, you can't do that with this film. So a lot of tinters really struggle to put this film on cars because they have such bad habits for what this film is. This film is not something you can muscle and move around. It is a much more patient endeavor. There are certainly tinters that have done great with it, but actually most of these companies will tell you when they see a tinter come, it's, it's really probably 75, 25, that they're not going to get it. 25% that they get good at it. 75% never, ever want to install it. And for those that have met tinters or tinters that are listening, you know what I mean? I mean, those guys just want to buzz through a car in 10 seconds, put a couple front windows on. It, it's not really the same type of work, but it, it should translate. It just doesn't because the shrinking is so different. Yeah. All right. So the average guy that's, you know, running around cleaning up some cars, like, like similar to you and I, you were, and yeah, crews are still are out doing they're running around cleaning cars or, you know, I like to do it on the weekend just clean some cars here and there, maybe clean my own cars. Right. Like that's not something they should get into. They really should not oh, even no. think about it, you know, it, but they should protect their windshield. You know, the most, if we're going to blend between, you know, uh, a simple spray on like slick versus, you know, an actual film, you know, probably the best step to go into would be hyper clean glass, getting yeah. a good ceramic coating out on the glass. But what are some of the warnings before we go into application and how we do it? What are some of the warnings that guys should probably look out for? If any, is there, you know, or is it just as simple as wiping on and wiping off? I, I've had people that really find it to, to be more difficult sometimes than applying a coating to paint because yeah. you don't have clear coat. You, you can't see it the same way. It's going to react yeah. a little bit different. Some people think that, you know, getting off a hide spot is more difficult. I think it's probably easier to just use a razor blade, but they might get high spots more difficult. I mean, yeah. glass just isn't the same as working on paint. What's, What's the big hangup that you see most common or hear of? For me, it's 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 not knowing when to take it off, and then and then they end up getting a high spot on their glass. Well, look, you have contamination in and around glass that you don't have on paint, right? We can talk about paint contamination, but it's nothing like a windshield, right? A windshield just gets beat up relentlessly. So I think the first thing I would say is buzz a polisher over it. I'm not sitting here telling you to correct scratches. I'm just saying just for a decontamination step, I would just quickly run a polisher over it. That's water going to based? make it. Or does it that? matter? Does it matter? Well, whatever you're comfortable. Based, I mean, right? if you're using a bunch of solvent-based polish, I can't really help you. I mean, water-based is really all that anybody should carry, but, you know, I guess everybody's going to be a little difficult about that. Yeah, just a simple, a simple, good compounder polish. What I normally do is I take a uh, hyper, uh, excuse me, a uh, microfiber pad, and compound. And that's what I use. And I use a, a pad that's been beat up. You know, I'm not going to sit there and wear out my pad on glass. You know, if I'm doing a, I just buzz over it, 
nice couple passes. You'll see the pad comes back dirty. When you wipe your towel, it'll feel smoother. I just want to do a little bit extra because look, glass coatings are, are also so dependent on installation as well as wiper usage, right? So I'm just trying to give it the best opportunity to bond. But just remember, you know, I, I really don't have or haven't ever had an issue with hyperclean glass. Now, if I was in a higher humidity area, which we're dealing with a lot of humidity here now with high temperatures, it doesn't need to be 40, 50, 60% humidity out here. Once you start seeing 20 plus percent, you start to see products act differently because of the extreme heat out here. And so I would say that I would may, I may do four on a normal size windshield. I may do four squares of the, of the windshield is lower, upper, lower, upper, you know, divide it in half. And I don't think you should have a problem in any way, shape or form anywhere. Um, but if you try to bite off a lot more than you can chew, you might get a high spot here or there, but that's very easy to remedy on a, on a piece of glass. Yeah. And the, the next question that a lot of people ask about glass coatings is how long does it last? It's like, listen, you know, the industry standard really is three months. It really is what everybody says, come back, get it reapplied every three months. Yeah. But it's completely determined what you said a second ago is wiper usage. I imagine a coating out there is going to last longer than probably Washington, right? Like it's going to last yeah. longer than here in the fall. I mean, it just, it is completely all wiper usage. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah. And I kind of hate, you know, we're, we're getting into this time where hopefully people have followed us long enough to realize a glass coating that's maintained with slick could last a year. Okay. If not longer, but a glass coating never maintained and your daughter has her wipers on dry six times a week because she keeps hitting the wrong button. That coating might not last a week of anybody's right. So this is where you get back into this weird place where you just want to be very frank with yourself, with your people, with your, if you're installing it, whatever the case may be, you want to be as honest as you can, because you don't, it's like wheel coatings, you know, wheel coatings take on a thousand degree problem. Are, are wheel coatings really going to stand up for three years? Come on. Under a thousand degrees and middle of the heat, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. We don't see that. So I feel like glass coating is the same as when are we just going to be honest about it? You know, it's so dependent on how the car is used. And what's the big deal? You can always reapply. You know, glass coating is so easy to reapply. Who should get a glass coating? Oh, I think if I lived in the Midwest, if I, li if I lived a place where it rained, you know, consistently throughout the year or, or I got snow or whatever, I'd have a glass coating on 100% of the time. Yeah. yeah. You, you look at where I'm at, is glass coating a necessity? I mean, you're, you're kind of pushing it. I mean, it, you know, Southern California, you're pushing it, Arizona, you're pushing it some parts of Texas to get, you know, pretty drought ridden. But if you get heavy rain, heavy snow, I think it's no brainer. Yeah. And I think if, if there's ever any pushback about not getting it applied, or if anybody has an issue with not getting it applied, you go through some of the situations we talked about earlier. If, you get caught without something on your windshield and without being able to hit your windshield wipers, you, you can get into a mess pretty quick. So I listen, my, my Jeep is, 
you know, it's one of the, oh, it yeah. sits straight up. Just like that guy said, <clears throat> you get problems all the time. If, if I don't have something protecting my windshield, boy, I, yeah. I've got to do something. Quick well, yeah. G I mean, I look, G wagons are notorious. I mean, G wagons sit even more vertical than most Jeeps and they're notorious, constantly getting damaged, constantly having problems, constant headache because of their flat windshield. And so you're exactly right. You look at a lot of these transit vans now, the, the, they're finding ways to make, the, make it even more vertical, you know, to kind of give you more space in the back. They're kind of bringing that windshield more forward. Look, man, you're, you're talking about some real headaches can come. If you're in any type of weather consistently, I think myself, glass coating is the no-brainer. Because like you said, why even risk it? All right, so you're applying it with the with the microfiber applicator and then leveling it with the leveler straight into versatile, versatile. Yep. straight into versatile. Yeah. And you know, look, you can even think about this. There is some argument to be made that you should be putting it on in circles on your glass oh, is yeah? that that allows you to get into more pores of a glass. Do I buy into it? I don't do that, but there's plenty of people that do. Mr. Uh, Miyagi, they, the windshield? They, yeah, they think that you get better coverage. This is where I say, if you do it in small enough sections, why not try what works best? You know, this is this is where we want to kind of make guys understand. There's so many, and, and specialist, is great, uh, specialist group is great about this. Sometimes when you try something out of the ordinary because you've already put it on so many windshields, maybe you find it works better, right? I would still do it in straight lines and, and a little bit of a crosshatch pattern because it's glass. But there's a lot of, of glass sealants slash glass coatings that go on in a circular motion. There's no harm or no foul in it. I, I'm just giving you what people say. Which is worse for people to do, Mr. Miyagi, or picking up a towel that fell on the ground? Everybody's going to say they don't do either one. Or what about the wash mitt while you're going around on the side of the, the car? And then I actually like... You can go over sticking your wash bucket, really get it all rinsed out. You know, I mean, you can, but Mr. Miyagi, you just told people like a Mr. Miyagi, like Nick, that's, that's, you can literally be get, you know, hung up. Oh yeah. I know. Places. There's so many people are like, oh, I don't do it. And then you talk to people and are like, yeah, you know, I found out it worked a little better for me this way. Like I said, I don't do that. I don't find the need for it, but there are people and companies that have been glass sealing and glass coatings for a long time that advocate for that. And so I think with our glass coating, it's very forgiving to work with. I don't think it overly flashes very quickly. Uh, I don't think you think it does either. And so you have a leeway to kind of do things your way. But I would be four sections. If it were out here in the winter, I could do half the, you know, half the windshield and maybe the whole windshield and come back. But at the end of it, I, I think the thing that I would say about hyperclean glass is that it's super friendly. But again, we get asked the time frame all the time. And I want guys to kind of advance past that and realize there's so much that affects that. You know, we need to get that point across. You, you, there's so much that affects whether that thing's going to last. And wiper usage is number one on the list. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right, Nick, good talk, man. Uh, always fun to geek out a little bit. And who yeah, ever thought sure. we'd geek out about windshields? I mean, odd thing nah, was, to geek out about, but hey. It was never thought about in my career until things started getting out of control, huh? <laughs> <laughs> definitely man have a great week Ira. hey this is marshall what a fun little talk and i know you've experienced quite a bit of that too next time you see 
listen, videos are awesome where people show that, you know, the rain coming off the windshield. That's super fun. You know, we want you to be a part of the HyperClean Specialist Group. We really do because that's where we see a lot of those videos, the ones that we talked about. So come, be a part. It's HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook. We talk about it all the time. And this is my official welcome to you. Come be a part of community. This is Marshall. I hope you make it a great day.